0: This morning, we're going uh, to end, uh, we've been in a series called God's Word on the Family. And uh, the reason I, I, I felt a couple months ago, just really a, a pull uh, by, the, by the Holy Spirit to speak on this subject, that when you look at at the family, it's really a broad subject. There's literally thousands and thousands and thousands of books that are written on family. It's really a broad subject, uh, marriage, kids, parents to kids, and all that. And, and there's, there's a whole lot of opinions and psychology and all kinds of things that are going on. And, and I just kind of really felt in my, in my spirit being led by the Lord, what does what God's word, what, what does he have to say here in this book when it comes to family? And when you look at, at the Bible from Genesis through Revelation, there's a whole lot of ink. There's a whole lot that God shares with you and I how we can have a successful family. Anybody a candidate to have a successful family, okay? Uh, now, I mean, there's a whole lot of dysfunctional families out there right now. And, and I know that there, there are families here right now in this place. Your family's in a mess. And uh, I have good news for you uh, Uh, And I really mean this. I have seen God turn messes, okay? Family situations that are just absolute havoc and, and in a mess. I've seen God, when, when people humble themselves and, and, and want to get right before God, and they invite God into their family, into their relationships. I've, I mean, for 30 years, I've watched God, I mean, healing in marriages, healing between moms and dads and sons and daughters and, and siblings. When they get God involved, and so I really want to just encourage you here today, if, if your family's a mess, if you let God begin to do a work, and there you invite Him into your life to get involved in that, watch what begins to happen. Now some of you are here today, and you say, well, I'm old, my kids are out of the house, you know, and I've been there, I've done that, and I just got, to, I got a word for those who are old that are here today, you got, you got grandkids, Right? okay, and your kids are raising your grandkids, okay, and and this word that we're going to be sharing here this morning, it's for you as well. Uh, you're, you're not done. As long as you are breathing, you're, you're going to be a parent, and God wants to still use you. You have something to bring to your kids that are out of the house, okay, as well as to your grandkids, uh, and so maybe maybe you're here today. You're single, and, uh, and and you don 't have any kids, and it this doesn 't apply to you right now, but maybe you're wanting to get married someday. I hope that you 'll take some good notes and to the youth that are here today uh, here, I got a word for you guys here this morning uh, here 's the statistics uh, I, If I was a Betty man today, uh, someday in the future you 're going to get married okay and and with that marriage, okay, and, and you're going to find that special guy, that special woman. And you're going to want to live with the rest of your life. You're going to say, you know, I do. You're going to make vows. And the, the also, the other statistic, with that marriage probably will come some kids somewhere along the line. Now, if I was you today and I was in your seat, I would be listening to Pastor Mike. Okay? I would be taking some good notes because... Uh, because, listen, you may be at home and things may not be going right, you may not be doing well, and you're going to want to change some things that are going on at home, especially if you're causing some problems, because here's the word, and I mean this one, whatever a man sows, that will he reap. So if you want to have a good husband, good wife, and you want to have good kids, you want your family... Start it right now and get ready, so everybody ready for god 's word here this morning, okay, here we go. Uh, I want to talk to you about the best gift that you can give to your to your kid uh, this Friday uh, night, uh, we went on a, a date slash uh, Christmas shopping with, with my wife June, and uh, we were just kind of going through we were but we were planning that earlier in the week and went to ocala and uh, and I had a great time, and just oh, yeah, uh, Kelly, Kelly like this, Christy, you, know, Amy, this would be something really good, and and as I was thinking about it through the week, uh, I was thinking about gift. Okay, it's December. It's Christmas time. We're inundated with, with this holiday season and the commercialization of it and a little bit of Jesus and a whole bunch. But and I'm not anti-Christmas presents or anything like that. I like to receive them, like to give them as well. But I, as a parent, I, I, I want to encourage you, okay, to think about the best gift that you can possibly give to your kid. I want you to write this down. The, the, you, and in fact, I hope that you not only just get it to this this month, but it's an ongoing gift, and here it is, is to give your kids the gift of a living faith in Jesus Christ. I promise you, okay, it is going to be the best gift that you can give to your, your kids, okay, and to those that are teenagers, and to those who have even moved out of the house. And you say, well, I... That day is come and gone, you know, I've raised them and they're gone and I really, no, you still have influence and, and, and they can't escape your prayers. We're going to be talking about that here in a little while. Our kids, we know this, are facing a negative culture tsunami that is sweeping away a generation right now. Seventy to eighty percent. Okay, those that are sitting in churches on Sunday, youth. Okay, and when they graduate from from high school, going into college or whatever, are leaving the church. They're not in church. They they see church as irrelevant. Something that is boring. It doesn't apply to their life. And and they they they've been inundated in school. Now they're going to college, and they're dealing with this this concept that there's no absolute truth there's no such thing as a right or wrong everything is basically irrelevant what may be right for you is not necessarily right for me okay this is kind of culture that we live in the question is is this right or wrong they're not thinking about that that much here it is it's how does this make me feel if, if I do this, how will this make me feel? If it makes me feel good, I'm going to go ahead and do it, irregardless of what this has to say about this situation. So the mo- dominant mindset of our generation is, if it feels good, do it. In fact, that's what we're facing. Uh, if it feels good, hey, hey let's, it, 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 if this is what my emotions, and this is what sounds good and, and, and feels right, I'm going to go ahead and do it. And this is what we're faced with. But I want you to go here, Deuteronomy chapter 6, I know you're there. I call this the parenting chapter. Moses uh, has been in the wilderness for 40 years, been going in a circle, and as they've been going around in circles, okay, before they're about to go into the promised land, uh, God is purging some people. Uh, their parents had died off. These were people that were, were faithless and, and, and rebellious against God's word. But, and God says, now it's time to go ahead and enter in to the promised land. But here it is, the promised land is filled with promise. But not only is the promised land filled with promise, it's also filled with peril. It's filled with people who are hostile, vile, negative, and spiritually totally away from God. And God says, you know what, I want you to go into this land because it's a land that's flowing with milk and honey. But if you're going to survive and thrive, you have to do it my way. And here's what he describes here. One of, the, one of the prescriptions, one of the commands on how how people and how families are going to make it. He says here in verse 1 of chapter 6, these are the commands, decrees, and laws the Lord your God directed me to teach you to observe in a land that you are crossing to Jordan to possess so that you, your children, and their children, grandkids, after them may fear the lord your god as long as you live by keeping all his decrees and commands that i give you so that you may enjoy long life here israel be careful to obey so that it may go well with you and that you may increase greatly in a land flowing with milk and honey just as the lord the god of your ancestors promised you let me just pause there for just a moment God's talking about commandments, okay, his teachings, okay, which some would interpret as rules, okay, you know, that God wants. Anything that, any command that God has given to us was never for God. The commands and the rules that God has given to us was for our benefit. Anybody want to say amen to that? The heart, listen to this, for those who see Christianity as maybe boring and filled with rules the heart behind the commands of god is he wants your life to go well he knows when you go outside of those boundaries and those commands life will not go well for you god wants your life to go well and he wants you to live long that that, that's a sign of his blessing upon your life so see god not as a as a rule maker it's god's out for your protection and your well-being And then he goes on and he says here in verse 4, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, all your soul, and all your strength. These commands that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Not just in your head, but in your hearts. says that a number of times. Impress them, here it is, parents, on your children. Children that are here, this is your parents' job. I want you to see your parents' job description right here. In just a moment. This is your parents' job description concerning you. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road and when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. A strict orthodox jew okay even to this day there there will be there will be rabbis and whatever that literally will have scriptures okay that are that are hanging okay from their wrist as well it's it's right there before them and god is telling the the parents he's telling the leaders right here he says i want god's word in your home He tells them, if you want to survive and thrive in the promised land, that the family, listen, this is absolutely you, the family must be the primary place where faith is discovered, lived, and transferred. The the place of the family, he says, God must be present in the home. And I believe that the single greatest reason that we're losing this generation is, and this nation, why this nation is is in trouble? If you really want to boil it down, it comes right down here to Deuteronomy chapter twenty six. It's because God is not present in the home, and there hasn't been a transfer of faith from the from the from the husband and the wife and the mom and dad to the kids, and and, and our kids are going out as well as we are going out, and and thus we have curse on our nation. Tony Evans author speaker pastor said this The primary role of the parents is the evangelism and discipleship of children Wow Is he right? I think he is right because that's Deuteronomy chapter 6 okay it, it's put. It's it. God is saying, "Put me first, Okay. Let there be a transference. It. By the way, this won't come from school or government. There was a time in in our nation's histories where God was included in the school. Scriptures were even taught, were read, and and, and God was even prayed to okay but he's been kicked out of the, of the public school system a long time ago as well as government most of the time okay it, here it is parents it's up to parents first to teach our kids about God and second it's the church okay you and I are the primary okay spiritual caregivers and nurturers and feeders of our kid it starts in the home But what is going on in parents, in their attitude, in their action is, you know what, school, you go ahead and raise my kids, okay, eight hours a day. Okay, TV, you entertain my kids. Phone and peer group, you talk to my kids. I'm tired, I'm busy, I've got my own issues. I can't go ahead and attend to their spiritual needs. No, that's not all parents. In fact, I know that's true here in this place. In fact, I know there are parents here in this place. You're wonderful parents, great parents. And uh, you, I mean, you're, nu- you're nurturing your kids, okay? You've blessed your kids. By the way, if you didn't get a chance to hear uh, two weeks ago or three weeks ago when I, I preached on the blessing, I implore Every parent here, you've got to hear the message on the blessing. It's not for me, it's for you as well as your family. Your kids need to be blessed. Maybe you didn't receive the blessing from your parents, but you can stop that. You can be a blessing to your kids. And, and, and I know there are parents, you're, you've done a good job. You've nurtured them. You've loved them. Your kids know that you love them. You take, you, you feed them. You're, you're doing it great in the area of education. You're, you're protecting them. You're meet, meeting their basic needs. And, but I want to say this, okay? The area of evangelism and discipleship trumps them all. I would say this, don't neglect their education, okay? Make sure you're loving them, make sure you're spending time with them, okay? But their primary need, your kid, your primary need is God. It really is. God is their primary need, okay? Let me share two things about that. We know that you and I brought our kids into the world, okay? And our kids are not just physical beings, okay? They're they're emotional beings. We know that, okay? They're filled with emotions. But also, they are a spiritual, eternal being. And if a transfer of faith hasn't taken place, you haven't prepared them, not only for this life when they get out of the nest, but also uh, for the life to come. Second of all, I want you to understand this. Have you prepared them to meet God? I want you to see a sobering statement. That's for all of us, teenagers, see this. It comes from Hebrews, okay, chapter 9, verse 27. And it says, and it has been appointed, okay, for men to die once, but after this, the judgment. We're all going there. We're going to stand alone before God. We won't have our parents there. We won't have our spouse there. We stand before God. Now, that's a sobering thought. This is kind of a little bit of a scary thought, okay? And my question, okay, as, not as a pastor, but as a dad, okay, have I prepared my kids, my sons, and my daughters for this moment? Am I thinking about that? Is, is, it, is it on my heart? I believe that through the training of God's word, when we really do, he, uh, Deuteronomy chapter 6, we're preparing them not only for the future, but for eternal life. And when we do Deuteronomy 6, we are giving our kids a gift, which I call, okay, I want you to see here if we can get this on the notes right here. Uh, we give them a gift, which I call a biblical worldview, okay? And uh, Chris, can you bring me those things that are on your head? I asked him. Uh, thank you. Appreciate that. You want to, anybody want to see how cool your pastor looks with sunglasses on? Do I look cool or not? I look like a schmuck. I know. Okay. Anyways. What is, it, what is a biblical worldview? It's the lens through which we look at and practice life. One of the best things that you can give your kids is a living faith, but also to teach them a biblical worldview to look at life, okay, and practice life, okay. There's a grid, and this is the grid. It's God's Word. Now... How do we live life? We we live it by what a, a worldview. We, we we do life, we make decisions, we do things based upon a number of things. A lot of times people are, are are making decisions based upon the way that they raised. Hey, my dad, my mom did it this way, it worked for them, hey it works for me, I'll go ahead and do what they did. Or we make decisions based upon how we feel. You know, hey, it feels right, feels good, I'm gonna go ahead and do it. We we make decisions based upon peer pressure this is what my friends are doing i think i'm going to go ahead and do what they do okay so we make decisions on a number of different factors but the safest way and the best way to make decisions especially the biggies okay is the decisions that are based upon god's word what does he say about this situation and god has a whole lot to say about life and how we do life And the problem is, is that so many, okay, compartmentalize, okay, God, and they just think of God as like an hour and a half Sunday thing, but God has something to say about life from Sunday through Saturday, 24-7, every single day, about everything. So God wants us to live our life according to his word. And when we can go ahead, and, and this can get into our kids' hearts and into our lives, we are setting them up, Pastor Chris, I'm about to smash your glasses here. They're right there. Give them back. We set our kids up for to be a success in life, and I know that's what you want for your kids. Amen. 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 So let's let's look at this here this morning. Here's what we know: in public school and around peers. They live in a culture that is mostly anti—I mean, anti-God—and it's humanistic. God is not invited into the scene. In fact, there are thousands of people right now in situations who are working overtime to put garbage into your kids' mind. Okay, okay. I mean, kids. Okay, here's here's a stat. This is scary. Are spending on an average forty-five hours a week on TV, video games the computer and phone, okay? That's a full-time job, okay? Now guess what? What they're hearing and what they're seeing, it's not all Christian stuff. There's a lot of garbage that is being pumped into their brains. And if all they hear is garbage, then guess what? They think that that is normal. And God says, here's what I want you to do to counteract this. These commands, they were here's the children of Israel about to go in into a godless culture. He says, these commands that I give you today, they're to be on your hearts. Impress them on your kids. Talk about them, okay, when you're on the road and when you lie down and when you get up. This is, this is what we give them. It's a reference, okay? It's a point, it's a lens. We want them literally bumping into God's word as much as possible. Why? Because the family of the kingdom kid Okay, has a bright future. I want to set my kids up to have a good life. I want to set them up to be a success. And I believe that there's no better way than through God's word. And it's clear from this, this passage that parents, parents have the responsibility of giving your kids spiritual instruction and that instruction is a way of life, not a periodic lesson. And I want to say this to you. Please hear us. We have, a, we have a full-time children's pastor as well as a full-time youth pastor. We've invested money uh, into them a- a- as well as to a building so that, that, that your kids will hopefully... We, we want to come alongside of you. But can I just say, we're the supplement. We're the, like the vitamin. You're the, you guys are the main feeders, okay? And uh, we, we've got them an hour and a half, two hours a week. Guess who has them the rest of the time? The schools and you guys. So I, I, I want to just let you know, we're going to do everything. We, we, we pray, we fast, we, we study, we do everything we can possibly do so that we can be a blessing to your family and to your kids. But listen, you're going to be the ones that make the biggest difference in their lives. So the question is, how do you develop your kids spiritually? How do you, what's the plan? And, and those who are teenagers here this morning, okay, And uh, I I hope that you're listening to this because uh, you're going to be a parent someday and you want to have spiritual kids. You don't want to have ungodly, hedonistic, heathen kids, okay, because guess what? you got problems on your hands. Anybody want to say amen to that? How do you develop your kids spiritually? Four things. I'm going to go through these quickly here this morning. Number one, identify spiritual goals. What is your spiritual goal for your sons and your daughters? Let me just share with you, uh, this is, I, I was thinking about this, uh, that, that June and I have prayed about. Uh, we've talked about this is something that's on my heart, something I'm trying to teach. And can I just tell you, I, I, I stand here not just as your pastor, but I, I stand here as a dad as well. And I have not measured up in every area. I need help. I need grace. I need forgiveness. I need God's grace to help me. But this is what I'm... Uh, we've got four kids left at home. I got another four that are out of the house, okay? But we're praying for them as well. Here's, the, here, here's, here's ours. I'm gonna, I'm, we're going to put them on the screen. They don't have to be yours, okay? I hope that, that there's a number of them that you will take. But this is what we are trying to implement into our kids' lives, okay? Number one, to love Jesus as Savior and Lord. Have, a, have a, actually a personal relationship with Him. We're not talking about a Sunday relationship, but a, a personal relationship. Number two, understand the importance of prayer. Big on that one. Number three, read the Bible and apply it to their lives. Okay, by the way, uh, that it's all the stuff we got to be practicing ourselves. Okay, number four, live a life of love, gratitude, obedience, and honor. These are absolute. Now, to me, these are huge. uh, Gratitude, I can't tell you. For me, just me personally. In fact, I think you're going to hear something next Sunday about gratitude. Uh, It's so important. But live in a life of love, gratitude, obedience, and honor. Uh, number five, offer their gifts, that, th- that they will offer their gifts to serve God, His kingdom, church, and the world. Number six, to share their faith with those who are not saved. Okay? And number seven, to reach out to those who are hurting. Okay, that 's that's kind of that 's my my, my my reference that 's what i 'm praying about that will be happening in my kids and uh, and so if that rings true for you you, you say man i 'm writing this down, begin to go ahead and write it down, begin to pray about it number two here it is how do we how do we train our kids spiritually to where God is really uh, they love God number, number two is set an example go to verse five in, in Deuteronomy chapter six, set an example here it is. This is what this neat this is this is number 1 Love the Lord your God with all your heart with all your soul and with all of your strength These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts There is nothing as so powerful as, as the power of example Timothy who was a young preacher was a young leader in the church and he was up against he was he was fighting he was fighting a culture to where if you I mean, the elderly, that was king, okay? And he says, listen, if you are going to gain the respect and have influence, he says, this is what you need to do. He says, be an example. And Paul lists five different things, okay? And so I want to say, and I'm going to talk about example here and how to model right here. The example that we set is the most powerful thing that we can do. Albert Schweitzer said it this way. He says, example is not the main thing in influencing others. It is the only thing. I came across something else that really, really speaks to me. Precepts guide, but example draws. Hey, this word will guide their lives. But the example that you and I live for them, it, it, it is something that will draw them. Wear shoes that you want filled. The example that we set, okay, will determine much how our children will turn out. Not all the way. They still will have to make a choice, okay? You can, in fact, I want to just give a word to parents that are here. You've been a good example. You've loved Jesus. You've done your, you haven't done you been the perfect parent. And your kids are, are wild. They're disobedient. They're rebellious. They're out of the house. They've rejected God. I... I when we get to the last point okay uh, it's the game isn't over can I just tell you this right now Uh, the the game is not over and and God can do some things so don't give up and and don't beat yourself up but I, I, I promise you that when you set an example it has a powerful effect in their lives parents by the way if we live the world's way and by their rules and expect our kids hopefully to follow some good moral things that the church is teaching okay we're not only fooling ourselves but we shoot ourselves in the foot and our family as well so we model. What do we model? What do we want to teach to our kids? This is something I'm trying to live out personally before my family, my kids. Okay, Here's, here's some things. You can write these down. How, what am I to model? Number one, they need to hear you and see you pray often. This is, this is not just at mealtime. Okay, God, thank you for this food, you know. Uh, bless the hands that prepared it. Okay, amen, okay. They need to be seen. You pray all the time. In fact, there's a word to all of us when it comes to prayer. 1 Thessalonians five seventeen. it says continually be prayerful. Is that the posture of your heart and your life? I, you say, well, how are you going to be able to do that? i got to work. i got to go to school. i got to figure out problems or whatever. The Bible says it's a way of life. Continually be prayerful, okay, in your home as parents, okay? Uh, it, prayer should be something that's regular. You're, when you hear good news, okay, when you hear bad news, you're praying about it, okay? Challenges are coming, okay? Good news, you're worried, sick, there's celebration, bedtime. Be praying during those moments, Okay. Number two, spend time. Spend time and talk about the things of God. Share God with your kids. It's really okay. Don't just leave it up to the pastors and to the church. Spend time with your kids talking about God. He's just not a Sunday God. Use, write this down, use the teachable moments of life. And there are there almost every single day. There is a teachable moment to talk about God's Word and His ways. Number three, be an example by sharing your faith with the lost. Jesus is called everyone here in this room to be a witness for him. In fact, he uses this metaphor. He says, I want you to be the light of the world. I want you to be the salt of the earth. Can I just tell you, it, it, but the, the, the statistics show that most people in church do not share their faith. Do not, I mean, when they, they come across people and there's opportunities to go ahead and share their faith, usually have zip lips. God, in those... When there's opportunities, God wants us to be salt. Salt is not effective unless it gets out of the salt shaker. Okay, so we've got to get out of ourselves, okay? Get beyond, our, you know, what will they think about me? You know, will they reject me? No, I'll be salt. When your kids see that, hey, my dad, my mom, really believe that their faith is so important that they're going to share it with someone who doesn't know God, gets their attention. Okay, they need to see you using your gifts and talents to serve your church, and your community, okay? Man, my dad, my mom are willing to invest in the place where they go and they worship and into our community. To see, Here's another one. Number five, to see you put God first in your giving. It's a good thing to teach your kids. I mean, yeah, my dad, my mom need me, me, me business. It's so important to them that they tithe, okay? And you're teaching them about tithing and giving. It's a huge thing, okay? Here's another great one. To hear you say, Positive things about other Christians. Oh, yeah. That means about the people here, okay? That when you're talking about other brothers and sisters in this place, what you're saying is good. They heard you say negative things? Ooh, you better repent of that one. Um, here's the next one. And I, this is a biggie. In fact, I I contemplated whether just dedicating a sermon on this one. I'm not going to do this. Maybe in the future here. Um, Being an example, they need to see you love your spouse. Okay? Listen to this. No other relationship does more uh, to help them or to harm them. Uh, And interacting with other people is when they see what's going on between mom and dad. One of the best things that you can do as a parent, listen to this, I say this, is for you to love your spouse. One man said it this way. He says, the best thing a man can do, okay, for his family is to go ahead and love his wife. And that's mostly true. But I have something to, to say to the woman on the other side. I mean, guys, love your wife, man. Your, your kids need to see you loving your wife and their mom. I can't tell you the power behind that, uh, uh, what, what can happen, and the transfer of that happen. But I also want to say to moms and to the wives here today, the best thing that you can do for your family is to respect your husbands. Women, in, in Ephesians 5, it talks about husbands, love your wives. And then and it says to the wives, uh, wives, respect your husbands. We, 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 I don't know why. We, we need respect. We need love as well. But we need a respect as well. And when, you're, when you are honoring your husband and their dad, I'm, I can't tell you what, what that does for them. You're, you're setting an example for them and what marriage looks like. Now, if your marriage is not doing good right now, go get some help. Repent, okay, read books, Uh, do whatever it takes. Listen, do whatever it takes. Get that relationship healthy. It is a non-negotiable. And if you're fighting in front of your kids and and there's chaos going on, I mean, you've literally invited the demonic world into your home. So this is, set an example. And, uh, And here's number eight. To live a consistent Christian life Key to constructive modeling is to be consistent, not perfect but consistent, Inconsistency confuses kids you 're up, you're down, you're up, you're down, you're up and down, up and down, up and down, and here 's what begins to happen: instead of modeling the, the when you 're up, they're going to pr- because of their sinful nature you're going to start modeling the negative stuff. Now, whatever it takes for you to get free, whatever it takes for you to love God with all of your heart, soul, mind, let it happen. But that's the word. So let's be an example. Okay, number three. How do we develop them spiritually? We we teach, we talk, we tie, and we write God's word literally into the fabric of our home. Okay? He says, look at here. Go with me to verse 7. I want you to hear this. He says, Impress them on your children. Well, I want you to look at that word impress them. Other translates, others translate that word uh, impress with teach them or repeat them to your children. Talk about them when you sit at home. Okay, talk about them. There it is. Or teach them. Impress them on you to talk about them, underline that, okay, when you're on the road, when you lie down, and when you get up, tie them as symbols, okay, on your hands, bind them on your foreheads, and write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. Scriptures up in the home. I mean, what the, your kids, you, you're bumping into Scriptures, they're seeing it, okay, they're hearing it, okay. And by the way, your example will make way to teach and talk about God and His Word. It says here in the New Living Translation, it says, repeat them again and again to your children. Talk about them when you're at home. Now, the best question here, I want you to write this down. One of the best questions that you can ask your kids to help to give them a biblical worldview, a lens through which they can begin to make good decisions in life, is when, when, when you have those teachable moments, when they're going through some difficulties, when they're going through some hard times, is what... what what does is, what is God's word have? Do you know what God's word may have to say concerning this situation? And, uh, because God's word has something to say about that. And those are the teachable moments in life. Here's another word I also want to encourage you to do and, and a practice to do something that we're going to be working on in 2014 and 2015 as a family, memorize God's word. There is, there, I, mean, I can't tell you, Psalm 119 and, and throughout the scriptures, the Bible talks about memorizing scripture. I would encourage around the, around the table, let's, let's at least once a week, let's, let's memorize one scripture. This is practical. One scripture a week, let's memorize it. Let's pray about it. Let's talk about it, Let's see it become a reality in our family, okay? I want you to see something. We have a tool to those who have smartphones or a computer, uh, we've got something I, I want to show you here. This came from another church, but this is something that we've implemented here at our church. It's the Parent Queue. There's an app. I'm getting the phone, by the way, tomorrow. Uh, it's going to be the. Uh, it's, uh, uh, I was checking out. It's coming in tomorrow. My first app that I'm getting downloaded onto my phone is this Parent Queue. We're going to use it as a tool for our family. I want you to see a little bit about it. And it coincides right here with
1: Deuteronomy 6 you want your kids to have a relationship with god but you can't just leave it up to the church because no one has more influence with your kids than you do but what do you do when demands on your time keep you from being the kind of parent you want to be and what does it take to be that kind of parent two combined influences will make a greater impact on kids than just two influences and it's true Parents who partner with the church are better equipped to point their kids to a Christ-centered life and keep them there. Deuteronomy 6, 6 through 7 says, The commandments I give you today must be in your hearts. Make sure your children learn them. Talk about them when you are at home. Talk about them when you walk along the road. Speak about them when you go to bed and speak about them when you get up. We have a simple solution to help you apply this verse to your hectic life. The Parent Q app provides you with simple cues throughout the week that remind you to pause and make the most of everyday moments.
0: Okay. So parents, talk to Pastor Carl. I would write this down. <clears throat> the Parent Q app downloaded it into your phone, into your computer, And I would encourage you to begin, it is something that it will be something that will become natural to where you can talk about the scriptures together, learn the word together as a family. If I'm you, I would take advantage of that moment. If you have any questions, you can talk to Pastor Carl or Pastor uh, Otis, and I'm sure they'd be glad to answer any of those for you. Number four, here's our last one, okay? How do we influence our kids spiritually where they will love God? On behalf of your kids, pray for them. We heard a word here this morning about praying for our kids that was delivered by Brother Brett here. Prayer is the first and the present and final step to developing your children spiritually, okay? We are praying, literally we are praying for our kids all the time. For every parent here, whether your kids are out of the house or they're at home, we're to be praying for our kids all the time. This is an assignment upon moms and dads. Here it is. Here's the word. It says 1 Peter 5, 8, stay alert, watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Okay, (laughs) I know the enemy has his sights on my kids. Guess what, As as a dad and as a father and as a protector, I am praying over my kids. Okay, God watch over them. I'm putting my kids in God's hands every day. Now, you may not be able to model and teach them anymore. They're out of the house, but they are not away from your prayers. For those who have godless kids, those who have rejected God and said, I don't want to have anything to do with God, I don't want to go to church, I don't want to do this, they can't run away from your prayers. Okay, you may pray for your children, but, but do you have a strategy of what I call the how of prayer and what to pray for them? I want to give you the how of prayer to what God can begin to do. And some of you are discouraged here and say, I don't see my kid changing. I blew it. I didn't do really a good job as a parent. And they, you know, I got saved later on in life after my kids, you know, moved out of the house, you know, but I, and, and you've tried to share with them and maybe they said, no, nope, not yet. But let me give you a couple scriptures. Let me give you a scripture on the how to pray for. It says from James 5, 16, pray for one another that you may be healed. God wants your kids healed spiritually. He says the effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Here's here's the good news. If you love Jesus, God's declared you righteous. Does anybody want to say amen to that? Okay. Okay. I, God sees you not through your mistakes, not through your faults, not through your hang-ups. God sees you through the perfect shed blood of Jesus Christ. You're righteous. God doesn't see. Now, does God know that you have hang-ups and issues and problems and faults? As a parent, absolutely Yes. But when God looks at you, He doesn't see this imperfection. So He says, He says, the prayer of a righteous man, okay, avails much. The fervent when there's something when when there's a mom and a dad that all of a sudden when it starts to heat up, and when they see that their kids are going in the direction of hell, okay, I don't know about you, but that gets my attention. Okay, someone, I mean, about to get run over by a car and here and and. It, you know what are we doing, man? We're, we're, we're gonna no. They don't even want to be touched. Or whatever. Uh, there's something inside of me say we're, we're screaming. We wanted to do something about it, and I, I hope that this bothers parents in here. If your kid doesn't love God, it it brings maybe some tears to your eyes. It, it says, God, you've got to do something. I can't do this, Lord. Whatever it takes, God, to get their attention, Lord, do it. When when a person begins to cry out to God and, and, and there's something that's pulling on heaven, there's, there's fervency, it's just not this casual. God, would you please touch my kid? He doesn't love you yet. No, I mean, there's something right there. There's a fervency right there. There's an intensity about it that gets God's attention. Filled with faith, it will touch God's heart. So pray for one another. Here's the what to pray for. I put these here on the screen if you would like to write some of these down. Pray that they will know Christ as Savior early in life. Two, pray that they will have a hatred for sin. Oh, yeah. God, I, I just pray that they, they will never be comfortable with sin. Pray that they will love God's Word in prayer. Pray that, that they will be protected from the evil one in the area of the spiritual, emotional, and physical. He wants to attack all three of those areas in your kid's life. Pray for them that they will respect and honor authority. I, this is, this, I'm thinking about doing a lesson here on this one for all of us of how to honor and respect authority. Pray that they will desire the right kind of friends and be protected from the wrong kind of friends. Pray that they will have a heart of gratitude. This is huge to God, huge to me as well. This is some of the things. Pray that they will choose the right mate. You, you ever thought about that one? Pray about that right now. I'm praying for my kids. I got I got a couple more to marry off with, and pray that they will discover the gifts that God that God has placed in their heart and they will they will want to do God's will in their life. God, what do you want me to do? Okay, and number ten, just flat out pray that they will be sold out to Jesus. Okay. Sure. Okay, by the way, you can listen to this online as well. So I've uh, got two, but I'll be glad to do that. Uh, we'll, we'll get that printed out. Thank you, Jeannie. Um, the future is going to be determined by what happens in the family. It's going it's it's to be determined what happens in America. And uh, I, to those who said, man, I heard so many words where I fell short today. God, can I just tell you, I speak on behalf of God. He does not condemn, but he says to you, he says, uh, repent, come to me, do it my way. Let me get involved in the situation. Let me, get, let me get involved in your life. Let me get involved in your family. Uh, begin to become an example and watch me move in your family's life. Let's pray. With eyes closed for just a moment. To the dads that are here today. Who have been called to be the. As Brett was saying the priests. The leaders of the home. To the men that are here today. And you said man I I just. I have not done well in this area. Of being a. A spiritual influence and leader in my home some of you you abdicated your leadership you gave it to your wife some of you are here today and you said man I just was not the example I mean I I'm one way here in church but I've been a different way at home I want to encourage you here today to make things right with God Say, God, would you do any, do what you need to do, God, in my life so I live a consistent life, Lord. I want to live a life, Lord, that's pleasing to you. I want to live a life that, that, my, that actually my kids would say, hey, I, I, I would like to have what my dad has, what my mom has. I want them to walk in my shoes. I haven't given them the good shoes to walk in right now. In fact, they've been negative shoes to walk in. I don't want them to walk in here. But I want to just right now, I want to focus on a couple. Just be patient with me for a couple more minutes. I'm going to pray a couple things. I want to pray over dads here right now. Your father, and you say, Pastor, I need not only forgiveness, but I need help. I want to change some things. Would you just lift up your your hand here this morning? Can can I just say, I've got some, I, I got my hand lifted up with you because... I'm missing it in some areas as a dad. And I want to pray for you. I want to be pray for myself as well. But you say, I need grace. I need to change some things. Just lift your hand and let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, to the hands that are raised up, here, your number of hands. Men here, amen. This is your time with you and God. Father, I just pray that you would have mercy on us. Lord, some of us are here, God. We... We were in ignorance, Lord. Some of us are here, Lord. We knew better, but we didn't do better. We rejected you. We rejected your ways, and we repent of that, God. We're sorry, and we ask, God, that you would change our heart, God, that we would have a heart, Lord, that follows hard after you, that loves you, Lord, with all of our heart and all of our soul, all of our strength. God, we want to be, Lord, that influence that says to our kids, I love God. And to be comfortable with that. And I pray, God, for the men, Lord, here in this church. For the dads, Lord, here in this place. God, that you would give them grace. Give me grace, Lord. I need it, Lord. I'm desperate for it. And, Lord, I pray, Lord, not only for for the dads now, Lord. I I pray for the moms, Lord. I I ask, God, Lord, that you do the work, Lord, in their hearts, God. And, and Father, Lord, for those, Lord, God, that... God, have been the best examples, Lord, who've missed it, Lord. I pray, God, that, that, Lord, that there will be a deep change in their lives and their hearts. Father, I pray for marriages, Lord, that are here today, that are struggling, that are in trouble. God, I pray for healing. Pray for restoration. I have a word for for the young people that are here this morning, that are at home. want to encourage you today, as we end this series here today, to quit taking your parents for granted and what they're doing for you. That today, to live a life of gratitude, not only to God, but to your mom and dad who make many sacrifices for you. I want to encourage you that today, that you would become that you would become children who are honor their mom and dad, who listen to their mom and dad. And and I promise you this that if you do that well, if you will honor and you will obey, that freedom that you desire will come quickly and swiftly. It will come swiftly and if you will honor your mom and dad, if you will obey, there will there, there will be an entrustment and a freedom, a greater freedom given to you. And if you are here today and you've been an issue at home, you've been the one that's been the sticking point, rebellious and ungrateful, I want to encourage you right now. God wants your life to go well. And he calls you to repent this morning. and To change things. Treat your brother, treat your sister, your other siblings well. You're here today and you're a teenager. You do not get permission to be rebellious. But you do get permission to honor and to obey, and to receive a life of blessing today. So, Father, I pray in Jesus' name. If if, your hand, if if there's issues that are going on in your family, would you just one more time? I don't care what. There's issues. There's there's relationship issues that are going on right now, and things are not going on. Maybe between siblings, or between you and your son, and your daughter, or. In your marriage or whatever, would you just lift your hand and we're going to pray one more prayer? Father, I'm asking for grace to rest upon your family. God, say this with me. God, I declare that your word will be my reference point for my life, for my relationships, for my family. Today, Lord, I declare that I trust your words. I believe in your words. I believe in your ways. Help me, Lord, to obey it, to trust it. Thank you, Lord, for your words. In your name I pray. Amen. Amen. Would you stand to your feet here this morning? Thank you so much. Good to have you here today. I give you this word today. Can you hang with me just one more second? This was a big word today for families. Would would everybody agree with this? I I could feel there was great conviction in this place. But this would be something to be good to talk about when you get home. There'll be parents in here that maybe you need to do some repenting. There'll be some kids in here. You need to do some repenting, maybe in front of your sister or your brother, repenting to them as well. I would encourage you today, take this word, take it home while it's fresh. Apply it to your family, apply it to your life, and see what God does. Guys, God bless you. Have a great day. Amen.